0: to another episode of Friday Night Chill. This is episode 12. I think I'm gonna edit out that beginning part for the audio version of the episode. But hey, how, how y'all doing tonight? Uh, hope y'all doing well. Hey, uh, Don Don Ranger Powers in the chat, hi to you. And uh, Ray, you're here as well. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Um, Alright, well I hope you guys' week has been good. Mine has been kind of chaotic Um, so I guess it's fitting the show kind of started off that way Um, yeah just a lot of weird stuff going on Um, what has happened Uh, oh I guess we'll we'll do like a quick little story time before we dive into uh, tonight's topic Um, and then we also have the giveaway thing which I will probably do towards the beginning of the episode because I kind of just want to get it over with <laughs> um but yeah um what has happened since last week uh Japan World Heroes happened in Burbank and that was cool uh hung out with Hakili's and Thomas Jujube and Ballin uh from Twitter uh hung out with those guys all day pretty much um I got very sick if you guys recall last Friday I was barely functional. Harleen does stuff in the chat. What's up? How you doing? Uh, it's probably, like, mad early in the UK right now, isn't it? Isn't it? And, they, and a bit early right now. And this, what the fuck am I doing? Stop that. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I know Adam always tries to get in on these things, and it's just, like, impossible because the time difference is ridiculous anyway <laughs> back to my story before i started being an idiot um so yeah i hung out with hakele's thomas jujuby and ballin uh last saturday i only went i i a miracle happened and i was well enough to drive to burbank and go to the con which i'm very 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 excited about um because uh you know i i don't know if it was so much meeting the toku actors was like a big deal for me it was cool i'm glad i got to do it i ended up getting a uh being able to take a picture with both uh gone red's actor and common Rider game's actor i thought i was only going to be able to get you know take a picture with one of them um but ended up being able to take a picture with both so it was cool um and um but yeah uh, some miracle happened i felt well enough i just brought a mask along so i wouldn't you know cough on anyone on purpose um luckily i don't think it w- i was that bad at that point it, it, it's funny cuz like i was the one who was sick and then hawk is the one who ended up catching covid from the con i'm guessing from the con <laughs> um, so hawk had it um, or has it still, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I hope he feels better soon. Hawk, if you're listening to this, I hope you feel better soon. Um, but yeah, uh, it was fun. We had a fun time. Uh, I picked up some, some toys while I was there. I picked up a Q Reno, um, because it was $40. Um, yeah, so... That's a thing I own now, and I got a size of blaster for twenty five dollars as well. So I figured I figured with them being you know, sometimes you just buy I just buy Ranger stuff because it's so cheap. And this is one of those moments. So I'm probably still gonna pick up the Cosmic Fury swords, if I'm honest, just because I'm curious. But um Yeah uh but yeah that was fun we hung out at the con pretty much all day uh there were a couple panels we went to um the Common Writer Guy panel of course uh they had one for Go on Red's actor um but I think we were doing something else at the time I I cannot remember what was going on we might have been because I because I know we went to the cosplay meetup which was um which was cool um a lot of a lot of good cosplays there at the con uh, a lot of people being uh ace from common writer geats uh it was a very popular cosplay um yeah just a lot of a lot of cool cosplayers showing out and calvin was uh taking pictures of everyone and uh yeah calvin did a a, a great job uh doing the doing the damn thing when it came to the cosplay meetup so we did that um Got to run into CV illustrations. Uh, Chris was there selling his fantastic art like he does at all these cons. Uh, great seeing him. I got some pins from him actually. I got this little nifty zero one or not zero one. This is a zero two pin. And um, there's some Beetleborgs stickers because he recently did some Beetleborgs art. Um, so I got that and. Yeah, it was just a good day. I'm so glad I ended up feeling well enough to go because we went to the con, and then afterwards um, uh, we were hungry because it was just a long day, Uh, and we went out to Glendale. Yeah, Glendale. And uh, Shaq has a chicken sandwich restaurant out there, and so we just stopped by there and we had dinner and then we ended up just kind of hanging out for a couple hours and yeah, like I said before, that was super fun. Really glad I got to do that. It was awesome hanging out with those guys. Um, And it's also cool. Just like kind of realizing how local some people are. Um, That's one thing that I just can never get over um, liking about living here is we do get, um, there's more people in, common with us than we realize out here um it just kind of just doesn't feel that way sometimes but any that was that was my weekend I spent Sunday pretty much just recovering because I wanted to make sure I was well enough to go to work on Monday and that ended up just kind of being a whole other thing (laughs) so um but yeah man we're here now and now, I think we're gonna go ahead and go into the announcement for the uh, winners of the giveaway for the blue Centurion uh, and silver Space Ranger figures. I guess I should just say the blue Centurion figure because no one entered it for Zane. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I had a grand total of three entries for the whole thing, uh, and. Please hold while I make sure everything looks good. Uh, I, yeah, that looks good enough. Cool. And let's transition to that. There we go. I got a magic wheel right here with our entrance for the contest. Uh, I still plan on giving away the Zane that I have because now I have two. Uh, I, st- I Actually, fun fact, I still have not opened the one that was for me. Um yeah, just hasn't been uh, on my urgent open this now uh, list. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a wheel here. And so here's the thing. Billy entered this, but I'm pretty sure Billy has Blue Centurion already. So I don't know if he like just entered it to help me out or just to like fill in the name. So I don't know. And then um orville who is on this um wheel as far as i know doesn't have a twitter account that exists anymore i was able to find a spotify page that they linked uh on the google form so orville if you're listening to this episode and you happen to win please find a way to get in contact with me because I have no idea how to get in contact with you <laughs> yeah so hello Toto Toto's here in the chat fantastic uh, we're getting ready to announce the winner uh, so let's just do this man let's, let's get into this so that way we can get into the topic for tonight yeah alright ready 3, 2, 1 spin that wheel is Billy gonna win this okay (laughs) all right so um i guess billy won blue centurion so uh billy if you want to hit me up or i'll hit you up later on after the show um we'll hash out how that's gonna work okay (laughs) <laughs> uh, cool. So uh thank you to these three for entering and hopefully the next giveaway is a little bit more eventful than uh than this one was. Um But yeah man, anyway, let's get into tonight's topic. We're doing another tier list to close out Power Month. Um I wasn't really sure what to do, if I'm honest. That's why it took until yesterday. ...for me to announce it, uh, because I was like, man, I, I came out the gate swinging, I did Seasons right away, which seemed fairly obvious, and then I did Megazords, I'm like, okay, that's, that's fairly simple, you know, and I kept it easier because I just did primary Megazords, um, but yeah, uh, tonight we're doing crossovers, man, uh, and we're doing crossovers just as far as the TV show, um, Ray said, you, okay, you said you forgot to enter. Okay, cool. Well, well just remember next time, okay? <laughs> just as soon as you see it, do it. <laughs> uh, but uh, any Uh so yeah, we're doing just crossovers for Rangers tonight, uh, doing crossovers in the show, and for... I guess for ease, I tried keeping it to episodes where rangers in their ranger form make a guest appearance in the show. That, that was kind of my criteria for what wanna qual- qualified you to be in this tier list. Uh, so that's why there's episodes like, uh, true blue to the rescue, always a chance and the poisey show in here. Um, because it's not a regular team up, uh, at least in the traditional sense that we know um, or that are at least we are familiar with for Power Rangers um, because just crossovers in general for Rangers have changed a lot and uh, also just to clarify as well um, so you'll notice I have a friend in need which is the Masked Rider uh, the backdoor pilot for Master Rider, basically, but it was a team-up with him and the Mighty Morphin Rangers. I have that on here, but I don't have things like Sheriff Skyfire or Chaku here. And that is because Master Rider was an um, established separate character with his own show. So it actually was a proper crossover, whereas Chaku and... Um, sheriff skyfire are they are considered crossovers in japan but considering we never got an american equivalent or an american franchise based off either of those characters um i didn't count them in this crossover list so um but yeah i suppose we should just go down the list and see what we got here and what we are ranking so let's 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 go ahead and do that so we start with a friend in need for mighty morphin season three uh we have rangers of two worlds which is the zeo alien ranger crossover we have shell shocked which was the teenage mutant ninja turtles with the space with the space rangers again another crossover that counts because these turtles had their own separate show so it was a, an actual proper crossover Then we have True Blue to the Rescue, which is the episode Justin shows up. And then you have Always a Chance, Chance, uh, the episode where Adam shows up. And then you have To the Tenth Power and The Power of Pink kind of grouped together. Because um, it it is more or less a two-parter. I feel like you have to watch both episodes uh, to kind of understand what happens, I guess. And then we have uh, Trukina's Revenge from Lightspeed, or yeah, it's the Lost Galaxy Lightspeed team up. Then we have Time for Lightspeed, uh, the Time Force Lightspeed team up, reinforcements from the future, the Wild Force Time Force crossover, Forever Red, uh, Thunderstorm, History, Wormhole, which is the second SPD Dyna Thunder team up, Once a Ranger. And then we skip a few years um, to Clash of the Red Rangers, which we are counting because it was a ranger even though he didn't demorph at all and it was just a voice. I am still counting it because it was technically the RPM Samurai crossover. We have Legendary Battle. Um, and I guess for the sake of it, I'm when I refer to it, I'm talking about the extended cut. I feel like the you know the the short version of legendary battle is fucking pointless because like a quarter of the episode is missing uh and then we have dimensions in danger the 25th anniversary special and then like i said earlier the poise show because we do have a ranger show up uh that's the one where koda comes and helps out the ninja steel rangers And then you have Finder's Keepers, which I am honest, I kind of forgot about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there was actually a proper episode uh, with the Dino Charge Rangers meeting the Beast Morphers team, and it was just the two of them, and there was no Mighty Morphin involvement yet. Um, And then we have Grid Connection, which was the... Another episode in that arc of episodes uh, that had Jason uh, come in and a lot of bad voice actors. So yeah, um, I did consider for like half a second uh, putting "Making Bad" on here because it was technically part of that three-episode saga of fi- you know between Finders Keepers and Grid Connection. But ultimately, I decided not to because. There's no ranger action in it. It's just all the villains fucking around at the lair, uh, talking about a bunch of villains that are all cooler than all of them. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, man. So those are our team-ups for tonight. And uh, just to preface this, um, I did tweet out the tier list ahead of time. So if you would like to follow along at home, I do have... The tier list linked, head on over to my Twitter. I have it there. And you can make your own. I'm sorry, I forget that this is open and you can see everything I'm doing on the screen. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if you want to follow along at home, go ahead and do that. And we'll have a good time. Okay? Cool. So let's get into it, yeah? Let's start with a friend in need. And. I I like this episode It sets up Masked Rider to be Such a Cool show And it's so much cooler In A Friend in Need Than it ends up being In the show It's starting So, and that's unfortunate And I was talking to Colin about this Like A couple months back I think and he kind of mentioned that like Master rider is kind of the same type of story as black panther in a way and that kind of like mind fucked me because i never even thought of it that way but then i thought about it for more than a second i'm like oh shit he's right that's kind of basically what master rider is (laughs) so that's fun um but yeah, I like I like this episode. I wish we could have gotten some cool little crossover moments, uh, kind of throughout Mighty Morphin season three with Dex and all that stuff. I I really dug how they wove, you know, Alpha into the background of that world. Long live Furbus. How about Furbus just stays dead? You know. <laughs> uh that's why that, that's why i liked this uh premise so much it was just it did not have furbus, standards and practices just did not get to mass writer yet and it was just such a better show oh my god um but it, all that being said in in this like bubble right of, of it just like by itself i do really enjoy Uh, a friend in need because it is probably the best version of masked rider um meeting the mighty Morphin characters and that's fun it was uh, it was the it was also a friend in need is also the pilot for season three not the pilot but like the premiere of season three um and so it was a cool way to start off that season because it sets it up right away where um that's just kind of the thing for season three is they're expanding on the universe that they have accidentally created in the two years since the show has started. So that's cool. So I think we're going to put a friend in need. Um, I think we're going to put it in a, it's not S by any means. It's not like perfect, but I think it is really fun and sets up a lot of cool stuff for the universe. And I think stuff that even the comics the comics have expanded on a little bit i know we've mentioned edenoy i believe once or twice in the comics which is cool i'm all i'm totally down for that I'm totally down for more uh master rider lore expansion in the mighty morphin comics that sounds stellar to me um so yeah we're putting a friend in need an a tier Uh, Now, next we have Rangers of Two Worlds, which was the Zero Rangers teaming up with the uh, Alien Rangers. And this one's okay. Um, It was kind of just like... It's weird because it's like not an intentional team-up, really. It just kind of feels like a thing they did because they had enough footage to do something with it and so they just did it um and if it, 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 it overall it's fine they weren't able to get all of the alien rangers back for this um this episode i think it's just um delphine and Ce'stro's actors who did voices the whole time and then Orico and the others are all just random people doing kios and stuff because you know in the episode delphine just dispatches Orco, uh, corcus and tydeus straight from aquatar onto the into the battle which you know at the time that that works you know that totally works it's it's fine um but they are like technically soulless suits the three of them um yeah, it was just a weird one because it seemed like just an unintentional crossover um and it just kind of worked. But all that being said, I don't think it's one of the great ones. Um So we'll put it in C. It's perfectly average. It's not the best, it's not the worst by any means. Crossovers have gotten way worse. <laughs> Um, But yeah, perfectly average So now we have Shellshocked, which is The Ninja Turtle Space Ranger team up, And this was only the Third episode of Space And This was like coming out the gate Swinging, man Um, Now A lot of people are bothered by These versions of the Turtles I'm gonna be honest I haven't seen the next mutation in a very 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 long time so I cannot for the life of me remember the characterization of any of these turtles but from my understanding uh, the voices used in this special didn't even match up to the next mutation because I think the way this aired with production the pilot wasn't even finished yet or something like that. It was, this was just, like, another backdoor pilot kind of thing that, you know, Saban was trying to do for another one of his fucking shows. And, um... Yeah, man. Uh, Venus is there, which is cool. Um, Ray is correct. It's said that Venus hasn't had any love at all. I would, like... I, I don't get why with all of these iterations of the Turtles, like, no one has thought to do Venus again. I, I, I think I've seen... A couple things here and there. My Ninja Turtles knowledge is very minimal. Practically non-existent, okay? Um, So maybe they've done stuff and I'm just not aware of it. Um, I feel like they had to have. Because there's just been so much Turtle content um, since this show happened. But, you know, all that being said, it's probably not great. Because the characterizations of the Turtles are very not good- you know, the, the the turtles are all just kind of like generic, you know, surfer. They're all kind of the same person, except for Donnie. He's like slightly smarter. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just fun seeing the rangers interact with different properties. And that was kind of the cool thing for me. Like just seeing the rangers interact with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's just still fucking cool, man. Obviously, we've had a better one uh, happen with the MMPR TMNT comic. Those are great. Uh, You know, it's so good, they did it twice. So, I mean, I'm sure that that speaks for itself right there. Um, And so, by comparison, this one probably is not very good at all. But I still just have a soft spot for it, just because of, like, that time. So I think for that, um, we're going to put it in C, at the bottom of C, below Rangers of Two Worlds. Okay, it's perfectly average. It's fine. Next we have True Blue to the Rescue, which was uh, Justin's guest star episode for, not Turbo, for Space. Um, And it was cool to see Justin back for an episode. I really wish they would have gotten Justin back one more time for Countdown to Destruction. Uh, because I feel like that just would have expanded the threat and made it more meaningful, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, but it is just kind of random. You know, it, it's not very good. It, it's also just kind of weird because it's just like... So Storm Blaster and Lightning Cruiser get kidnapped... I guess kidnapped because they're sentient. Uh, <laughs> car napped. They get car. They get hijacked um, at the end of Turbo by Divatox, and Divatox is just lugging around two sentient cars. Um, I guess with her after she goes to the sumerian planet, and so, uh, you know, Stormblaster escapes, and the first thing it can think to do. Is go all the way back to Earth and find Justin. Where it has a brand new. Turbo Morpher and key. Just kind of in the comic. Or in the, not in the comic. In the glove compartment. Which. I need. Uh, I need. And this is more comic stuff that I just want. I need a one-off comic. About the adventures of Lightning Cruiser. And Storm Blaster. After Turbo. What happened in the months after and how in the hell did Stormblaster get a Turbomorpher re-energized in its glove compartment again? I, I just need to know how that happened. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. All that being said, it, it is just kind of random. Justin's role is kind of inconsequential outside of just saving the Rangers for the day. Uh, he gets his powers back and just doesn't think to help the Rangers more um i don't know it is just kind of weird it's not very good uh ray says f and honestly that might just be kind of fair um yeah so i think true blue to the rescue is gonna go in f tier it's not very good just because it just ends up leaving you with more questions than providing answers you know like yeah it's cool that justin's powers are back but it's just like How are they back? You know, how are they back? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So, okay. So moving on, we have Always a Chance, which is the episode where Adam guest stars. And this one is a little bit better than True Blue to the Rescue because Adam is using a power source that just is not restored at all. He's using the Mastodon coin, which is like totally fucked. And I think a lot of people get confused uh, when they watch this episode and they're just like, well, why does he even have that power coin? Like, didn't Zed and Rita like totally, you know, disintegrate those? Um, Those were the ninja coins that they did that to. And so you have to think of when the Thunder Zords exploded and the Rangers lost their powers that time. That is the morpher that he still had... After all that time. Because you just have to... Because uh, I, I think a lot of people's assumption... Like when Ninja Quest happens... And like everyone meets Ninjor... Is that he just kind of repaired their morphers... And transformed their coins into... The Ninja Coins. Which is fair. But I think... You can also just fanon... That... Um, Ninjor just made whole ass new morphers and coins... Um, even though he didn't bother making new suits. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's kind of my rationale for how all of that works. Uh, the, the powers used make a big, a bit more sense here. And, um, there is a bit more stakes to it because Adam can't sustain the morph because he shouldn't even be using that morph in the first place. Um, it does, once again, beg the question, where the fuck are the Zeonizers? Where, Where is his Zeonizer? Where is that? That is in perfectly good working order. Doesn't make sense why he doesn't have it still. But whatever. It's fine. Um, you know, other than that, the episode more so revolves around Carlos losing his confidence and Adam just kind of mentoring him. Um, and that was just kind of cool to see because we just had the we didn't really have that dynamic too much in turbo they did have a couple interactions before adam passed on his powers to carlos but it was just kind of nice for them to have one more kind of bonding special moment um where adam could just be a ranger mentor to carlos so that was cool um so i think because of that ray said you're putting it in b tier and honestly, I think that's a fair placement for B, uh, For always a chance. It was a pretty good episode, I think, all things considered. Also might be a little bit of a bias in there, just because I do like Adam so much, and whenever he comes back, it's always a good time. So, there we have that. So moving on, we have to the 10th power, slash the power of pink, the Space Lost Galaxy team-up, and this is a good one um it served as kendrick's uh, kendrick's exit or at least valerie vernon's exit for the show and uh, i think it was really well done um you know using the psycho rangers again made sense because they were on the data cards so uh, and then like Uh, finding them. I think they found them on Onyx or something, or they bought them off someone off Onyx. Um, You know, it worked out great. Um, I did have a little bit of a nitpick with that episode because um, whoever did the sound design did not get all the notes from whoever was doing it last season because the effect that they use on Deviat's voice is the same as they used for the psycho rangers and they did not use that effect this time so the psycho rangers did sound kind of off they did get everyone back which i think is fucking amazing first of all that they got the entire five person team of psycho rangers back for one episode basically because psycho pink was in two like they got all five of them back for one episode. And not all, all of them don't even really talk that much. Maybe each of them got one line, but they still brought them back. And I think that is just so indicative of this time on uh, of Power Rangers because I guarantee you they would not do that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I have partial, partially rationalized maybe why they didn't use the voice effect on the Psycho Rangers in this episode and it just might be because it would have been too many people talking with that same voice effect because you if you have deviot who's just talking all the time because he's one of the main bads and then you have all like all the psycho rangers talking all the time um it just might be a lot and just might be overwhelming to edit so maybe they're just like you know what uh these guys these guys are the guest stars this episode so they do not get their cool voices okay Deviant gets it because he's he's the new hotness <laughs> for the villains. Uh so yeah, as far as to the 10th power goes, I think that's cool. Um it, it's just cool seeing the Space Rangers back and seeing them just kind of out in space. Um everything flows together nicely and it makes sense uh because the Rangers are still using um the Astro Mega Ship. It is kind of funny though. That Andros and the others just locked their morphers on the megaship for some reason. Even though they left the megaship on Earth to be a museum. Which, uh, that's kind of questionable why you would do that. But, you know, whatever. Go off. Do your thing. And, um... But yeah, it you know, everything uh flows together for it. It it is very good, and then you have the Power of Pink, which is just a very good episode. Um and just a nice send-off for Kendrick's, honestly. Um and just shows the stakes of being a ranger. Um it's very cool. I, I do really like it. Uh do I like it to put it enough to put it in an S tier? I think so. Yeah. I think just cause narratively what it means for the story of lost galaxy. Um, it's a team up with weight to it. It's a team up with narrative weight because I feel like a lot of times, uh, the team ups are just very, you know, one off and, you know, confined to the one or two episodes. Uh, but this one had lasting impacts for the entirety of the show. So, I really like it. Works really good. It's an S-tier team-up for me. So then next, we have Chukino's Revenge, which is probably the team-up I have watched the most because this was the episode that came on the Power Rangers in 3D tape that you got at McDonald's back in 1999 or 2000, whenever it was. Um, So yeah when they were doing that whole Lightspeed campaign at McDonald's They had that tape there And I got it And you know what I watched this over and over and over and over again It has A lot of flaws That I did not realize And it also upon further research Had so many production Issues as well Um For this one for whatever reason Um Leo is there but also not. So they got Danny Slaven back to act everything out. But when it came to ADR, um it wasn't him. It was someone else dubbing over his voice. I did not realize it for years if I'm honest. I just thought that's how Leo sounded and I just Did not remember what Leo sounded like, if I'm honest. So, yeah, that was interesting to find out. I I guess, from my understanding, and my information could be wrong. It could be wrong. This is just, like, bits of information I've pieced together from pretty reliable sources. So, from my understanding, he did not want his likeness being used, or he wanted to be compensated more for his likeness being used um which um you know would probably be came up because he was going to school to be a lawyer and so he probably realized oh shit these people just made like a fuck ton of money off of my likeness in just the last calendar year. I should probably try and ask for some more money this time, since they want to try and do that again. Um, and so, I guess that put a limitation on production where they couldn't use his likeness. And so that's why they use that edited Gengaman Man morph, because the actors are not shown in it if they use that which that was certainly a choice and it didn't at all look fucking weird how they were not using their own morphing sequence but whatever um and then also from my understanding this was filmed like really early on in the show like really early on in production and so it didn't air until like way way later even though it came out like super early on in the show a lot of weird stuff with this special like so weird they didn't have amy amy um miller not amy miller that's a different person i'm thinking amy amy roll is her name now um she's reggie roll's ex-wife um but you know who I'm talking about, Trakina's actress. They weren't able to get her back, so they put, like, this little mask on someone else who was semi-British. That was certainly interesting. Yeah, just a lot of production issues plagued this thing, and um, Toto also mentions focusing on a random kid was a questionable choice, and you were definitely not wrong. Uh, Heather did leave a lot to be desired, um, and we also did have a few, like sort of head scratching moments with that old lady being like you know dear there's no such thing as monsters when she lives in the city that is being attacked by demons every week um yeah a lot of weird stuff happening in this crossover it's fun for sure a lot of cool fights and shit uh from the Gingaman uh gogo five crossover footage uh, especially with the Omega Megazord getting the lights of Ryan. That's super cool. Uh, I wish more crossovers could do cool stuff like that. Um, but yeah, overall, it's just not very good. Yeah, all that all that to say, it's just not very good overall, especially when compared to the crossover that came right before it. Um, I don't think I want to put it in F tier because... They had all those obstacles, but they still told a coherent story somewhat. And so I kind of want to give them credit for that. So Trichina's Revenge is going to go into D tier to be the first entry there. (laughs) I do like it more than True Blue to the rescue. So I think it's probably a little bit of a bias just because I do love the Galaxy Rangers and it was just fun seeing them back okay moving along we have time for lightspeed uh this one was a quick one this was only a single episode uh revenge and to the 10th power were a couple episodes long uh but yeah this one was just a half hour special lightspeed rangers show up uh to help out against vipra of all the villains they could have brought back from lightspeed they chose vipra um Yeah, and the super demon she was gonna raise, I guess. (sighs) This one is, like, okay. We do get a lot of cool... Not a lot, but we get a few, like, cool ending notes for what happened to the Lightspeed team afterwards. Um, Joel and Miss Fairweather got married, so that's fucking cool. Um, Love to see that. Uh, Dana is just being a doctor um i guess uh allison mckinnis got hurt before they filmed this uh so if you actually look uh in a lot of the arrival footage of you know like when the light speed rangers show up to help the time force rangers if you look in a lot of the group shots it is not Allison McInnes there. It is just a random... I guess it's her double or whatever. Just standing in. Even when they do the the morph call. The Lightspeed Rescue thing. Yeah, that's not her doing it. They just... Um, yeah, they just better hope that that shit never gets remastered to HD. Because they will have to, like, blur her face or something. Because that is just straight up not Allison McInnes in, in, that, in any of those shots. They just did enough establishing shots and, like, all the stuff you know, like afterwards or whatever, but, um, yeah, that's just really funny. Um, all that being said, I'm not too hot on, uh, time force or really light speed. If I'm honest, like I love Joel, uh, he's the best character in that show. Um, so yeah, not really too hot on it. It's just an okay crossover, probably another D tier entry. If I'm honest, I think Tricana's revenge is just a little bit more interesting. So it's going to go in D tier below Tricana's revenge. So there we go. Now, next, we have reinforcements from the future, which is... Sorry, Starscream fell. Hold on. You done being dramatic? Just go here. Stand up. Cool. Okay. Um, So next, we have reinforcements from the future, which is such a step up, honestly, from the last two crossovers we've had up until this point um because this work served as a proper conclusion to time force's story and this was one of the crossovers that is probably just one of the best honestly um, it gives a proper send-off to time force and it also ties in the mutants into the current ranger's story in a cool way which i really enjoyed Um, so yeah, just kind of getting that epilogue on the Time Force Rangers. We don't really honestly get to see what a lot of them are up to, um, you know, outside of West Jen and Eric, of course, because why would we care about what Lucas, Tripp, and Katie are doing at all? Uh, and then we also get to, I guess, fix Rancic kind of a weird message to send Uh, I feel like one of the messages of Time Force is like you know kind of celebrating or like trying trying to work towards equality for all living beings I felt like that was like a little bit of a message that they kind of implied and um, it was kind of weird that they got rid of Rancic's whole mutation thing. I don't know if he's just full-on human now. I don't know if his body is still made of weapons and he just doesn't have a fucked-up face anymore. I don't know. Uh, but that is just kind of weird. Um, yeah. Uh, Toto asks, uh, Taylor, or Eric gives Taylor a ticket. Did Mr. Collins buy the police? Well, the Silver Guardians... F- are technically a basically a private police force. That's kind of what they were. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, it was a privatized police force that was independently owned and operated by Mr. Collins. So, you know, um, it is weird thinking of it in that context, uh, especially given the past few years in particular and just the state of affairs with police in this country. But uh, yes, uh, the Silver Guardians for lack of a better term or our police. Yeah. A uh, private police force. Well, a private police force that they're privately funded but they work for the public. That's that's kind of the resolution that they came to at the end of Time Force. Because it used to be because when the Silver Guardians were established they were just kind of like a private military force, basically, for rich people, so that that way they paid, you know, to use it was like a private security company, basically and then by the end of Time Force they are technically a police force because they work for the public um, but they are operated privately and independently from the government question mark i don't know yeah the silver guardians are weird but anyway i yeah i guess they can give people tickets that was just kind of a cool way uh to kick off that dynamic i just love the thought that secret identities didn't mean fuck all to either of these teams where taylor just saw this dude who gave her a ticket and she was just like hey motherfucker you're the one who gave me a ticket this morning and she just powers down out of her suit and that's just that is honestly like so fucking funny um also cool seeing that little romance play playoff that little uh cross uh team you know romance that was cool um i would love to just see more expansion on that and see like what happened after that special um, in the comics or something. I don't know. I think it would be a cool story to tell of um, Eric and Taylor um, because they really had a lot of chemistry in just the couple episodes. So anyway, that whole spiel, just to say Reinforcements from the Future is a very good... um, is a very good crossover. Very good. Um, I think it's be- it's probably better than to the tenth power because it does serve as a proper epilogue to Time Force. Um, so I think we will put it at the top of S tier. I I think it is it is it is damn good. I don't really like y'all know. I don't really care for Time Force. All right. I I I think it's just perfectly average. Um, but this was a very good uh, conclusion for Time Force to get. Uh, Moving along, we have Forever Red, the 10th anniversary special. And my god, this episode is just fun. It is only a half hour, but I feel like they try and pack so much stuff happening in it. Um, Some confusing bits in it because the way it was written took certain things into continuity that just typically weren't. Um, so for those that are unfamiliar I guess so. Forever Red was written by Amit Bhamik. I think is how you say his last name And he was there for a while uh, In the writing room And um, This was written with the uh, One of the Original Zeo Finales in mind So one of the original Zeo finales Was called Scorpion Rain. And, um, so when Tommy is talking about, you know, the machine empire coming down from earth and, um, you know, invading and him and the Zeo Rangers defeating them, even though TJ standing there going like, I thought you, you and the other zero Rangers defeated them years ago. It's like, first of all, no, TJ, that was you and Andros. That was you guys. Okay. Cause the space Rangers did that. Uh, <laughs> Um but yeah that was one of the original um finales for Zio, you know before they ended up doing the bad one um where it was it just kind of ended so they could do the turbo movie. <laughs> so it was written with that in mind, so there are just kind of a, a a few weird continuity bits in the episode that don't really make a whole lot of sense. Um but goddamn this episode is just pure fun. We get a fantastic fight sequence. Um, Danny Slavin was there, but not in the way we thought he was. Uh, Once again, he was just quickly green screened in a couple segments at the end, which I did not realize until way later on in life. And that's why he just kind of like shows up, powers down, and then morphs with everyone again. Uh, obviously, they didn't get uh, David Bacon back f- for uh, Oracle They just kind of got some guy, but they did put the voice effect on him. It wasn't the same one; it sounded a little bit different, but it sounded cool. It sounded close enough to me. Um, so, just uh, there was attention to detail put it put into it, even though it was a half hour special. And goddamn, man, it was just really fun. It would have been cool if this was a two parter, but you know Bandai was kind of right in the check for this episode so they kind of just had to do what they could in a half hour and i think they did a lot of really cool stuff uh i think we'll put it in a tier it's not s tier it's not like the perfect team up by any means but goddamn is it fun uh we'll put it in a tier above a friend in need next up we have thunderstorm which is the ninja storm dino thunder team up peak disney era energy right here man uh ninja storm and dino thunder meeting each other uh you have the evil ranger uh trope happening with the wind rangers um this served as a another proper epilogue to ninja storm you know the team that came before the current team for this special in the same way that reinforcements for the future did for time force gave a really satisfying conclusion to ninja storm um I really like it i like both of these seasons more than time force so it it is gonna rank a little bit higher if i'm honest i'm gonna put the, probably put this honestly at the top of s tier this was so fun seeing the dynamic of the three wind rangers and connor kira and ethan you know go head to head a lot of cool civilian fights happening in this episode so great this was just such a great team up special so fun um top of S tier for me best of the best i love it uh next up we have history now for spd and dino thunder they did two separate team ups um one of them you know obviously they are aware of uh both events happening at least for the most part uh but history is the first one that happens and history is the better of the team ups um and and this one's really good um they were kind of limited to just a half hour so they couldn't really do too much uh, really, and they couldn't even really get the whole cast back, I guess. Uh, so they just got Connor, Kira, and Ethan, which I think worked out fine. Um, I, I love those three, and just seeing their little banter with the SPD Rangers was fun. Um, yeah, this was a cool... It, it was quick. It was very quick. It was a very quick 30 minutes, but... Um, and they they were even, like kind of moving SPD's plot along with this episode because they kind of really didn't have time for a Dino Thunder team up but they just kind of worked it in anyway. And so, uh History I think is just really good. I think it's fun. Um is it S tier? Probably not. Um but it, I I think I would put it at the top of not hello? Where are you? Where'd it go? Oh, it's in B tier. Get out of there. Okay, sorry. I didn't know you could edit the tiers right away. Um, We're going to put it at the top of A tier. I do like it a little bit more than Forever Red and A Friend in Need. Um, Yeah, it was a fun time. Now, wormhole. Okay, now this one. Now, there was a time, if you're younger than a millennial, you probably will not know this, or probably will because millennials like me love reminiscing about this. Um, But there was a time where Wormhole was considered the worst team-up ever. And I guess that just kind of speaks to just how things have progressed because by comparison to some of the team-ups that came after this, Oh my God! Is this special okay? Now with wormhole, it is supposed to take place after history, but the way the way they use time travel is really screwy. Okay, so in history, they pull Connor, Kara, and Ethan from two thousand five because they're on their way to their one year reunion from high school graduation, which, okay, Reefside, whatever. I don't know why you're doing that, but whatever. They're going to their reunion, right? In 2005. And that's where they get pulled from. And then in 2000, or, and then in Wormhole, Grum goes back to 2004 where the Dino Thunder Rangers are still active And this episode was just kind of made to be a DVD exclusive episode and just kind of ended up airing as a lost episode after SPD finished airing. That's kind of how it even existed in the first place. And just kind of the way they ended up doing everything, it's very inconsequential. So kind of no matter where you put it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense anyway so when they meet up with the spd rangers again the spd rangers remember Connor Kira and ethan um and they just kind of know about trent because of the archives and all that stuff um and yeah it's just it's very weird it doesn't flow as well as history did it was just kind of scurry um you know from what we can tell, Cat is the only one who has memories of this even happening. Well, Cat and Tommy, because Tommy just shows up in suit for the fight. And then he's just not there when Kruger wipes everyone else's memories. So I guess Tommy just kind of knows to shut up about certain things. I don't know. It's, it's very weird. Um, yeah. Wormhole is very screwy. Um, but, they got enough people back they really just didn't get jdf back and they just had jeff perrazzo voice him which is certainly a choice um it's really funny in retrospect but it is just like mind-boggling it's just like why wouldn't you just ask jdf to come in and do the voiceover there was an ark and dino thunder that would have made this totally believable I don't know, they just use Archive Audio and Jeff Perazzo, and it's just, it's really funny. Um, that being said, it's just kind of an average team-up. Um, do I like it more than Ranges of Two Worlds and Shellshocked? Yeah, I like it more than both of those, if I'm honest. I think just because it's SPD and Dino Thunder. Um, so we'll put it at the top of C tier. Wormhole is okay. Especially compared to everything now. Uh, (laughs) i hate saying stuff like that because it makes me sound like such a fucking old man but god damn it man there's some truth to that (sighs) so anyway moving along we get the last crossover of the disney era which is once a ranger the 15th anniversary special um and man this is my favorite anniversary special the show has ever done Um, it brought every Ranger I loved back from, like, five seasons and put them all together on one team. And it was fucking phenomenal. Like, this was great. Um, It was a cool idea, just kind of having the retro rangers take over for the overdrive rangers like they just take over all of their weapons and zords and all that stuff and uh it was another episode that did kind of have to keep the show's plot moving because they just didn't have the episode count to take a break to do a a completely dedicated anniversary special uh but man a lot of cool stuff in here with the sentinel knight uh you know people love giving the overdrive rangers shit for quitting but my thing is the overdrive rangers learned their lesson and the value of what they provide being heroes outside of being rangers and i think they really learned that lesson in this special not enough people talk about that they just see that the overdrive rangers quit and um i don't know man it just seemed like such a real portrayal of the emotions that would go into events like this happening so like you know the thing i always tell people is like just imagine you were you know doing this job for like a year right and then all of a sudden you can't do this job anymore because something happens outside of your control and then your job just brings in five people or a bunch of replacements Who all have severely, ridiculously more amounts of experience than you. And they're like killing it. And they're like doing great. Like you just kind of feel worthless in that scenario. You know, it's just like, well, well, fuck me. Why am I even here then? You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. I think the emotions everyone was feeling in this special made a lot of sense. They seemed perfectly reasonable to me. Um, You do have a weird thing going on with Thrax and like how that kind of happens but the way aliens age in Power Rangers just kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense anyway. Um, And it's just kind of harmless enough where It was just fun for the special. Honestly, I kind of wish we could have used Thrax later on. Um, You know, I've said it a few times. um, Because I'm not really a big fan of how Zed came back in Dino Fury. I think it would have been equally as cool. And you could have still had a nostalgia tie-in by bringing Thrax back in Dino Fury. And just kind of having a villain with a clean slate to work from but then again I don't know I guess you lose marketability because no one knows who Thrax is because he just came from a special but I don't know man anyway um, all that being said once a ranger I think we will put I think we'll put it in S tier I don't know if we'll put it at the top of S tier uh, I think we will put it We'll put it at the bottom of S tier because it is my favorite of the anniversary specials that the show has done um, when they're trying to do a team up, you know, anniversary special. It was done really well. I wish more anniversary specials would just keep it simple like this. Keep it to a small cast of people who are all willing to come back and completely commit to the role and do the whole thing i don't know once a ranger is great so moving on we have clash of the red rangers which is the rpm samurai crossover the first crossover of the saban brands era and when it aired there were a lot of emotions with it because it was just You know, it it was just not very good um, at the time because they didn't... It was just Saban being a cheap ass. You know, Saban went ahead and bought the rights to footage. He wasn't totally committed to using fully, which is the thing he just liked doing for some fucking reason. Um, and also this special, uh, combined the Shinkenger movie with, uh, Goandre versus, versus Shinkenger. Uh, cause that's, this is where they get the, the shark sword. And yeah, I, I, I mean, it's cool. They were able to get Eka back or Eka back to play, uh, Scott again even if it was under a pseudonym because you know the samurai was a non-union show uh yeah it's just not terrific um yeah that's really all there is to say it's not terrific there's a few annoying bits in there with emily saying scott your team your team says hi and it's just like, well, if you're gonna say shit like that, why not just bring just bring over the fight footage of the Goanjers with the Shinkengers, and just dub over them? You know what I mean? Like, for fuck's sake, man! I don't know. It, this this crossover was a mess. Um, Antonio wasn't even in it. The Antonio is. Fully played by a body double and stock footage in this special he's not even voiced by steven skyler in this special like so samurai didn't even have their entire cast here for this so because i think this was filmed after the fact because i think they went on break for filming for either samurai or super samurai and then they came back and filmed this yes something like that um but yeah man it's not very good um, it's probably better than True Blue to the Rescue but that's not saying a whole lot so we're going to put it at the top of F tier it's not very good um, it's cool that it added RPM it, it solidified RPM as a <clears throat> separate universe from the main you know, timeline or main continuity or whatever but they just were not able to execute it in a cool way Um, Speaking of not being able to execute it in a cool way. Legendary Battle. Oh my god. Um, Now. I. Was very indifferent. On using. This footage. This big. 199 Heroes movie footage. I was completely indifferent. On using it. When we first saw it. Because when megaforce was announced it seemed like they were going for like an MMPR homage for for the show and to me that sounded fucking perfect i'm like all right yeah that's fine that makes sense the suits share a lot of visual cues and similarities um to the mighty morphin suits you know with the whole silver mouth plate with the lips and all that and then the color palette was the same and just kind of the way the morphers were held it was that was fine so i was perfectly on board for us to get two years of megaforce with just using the ghost sager suits and i never thought we like needed to use go or anything i saw go when it aired i liked it i had a fun time with go Kyger. they did a lot of cool stuff in that show and i think saban brands just felt pressured to use this footage just because sentai was celebrating an anniversary close to the time rangers was getting ready to and so when legendary battle ended up happening it just turned into a fucking clusterfuck and then we ended up getting the whole thing with super megaforce and them adapting go into 20 episodes and they just did a bunch of rushed production stuff that they did not have to do because here's the thing we still could have gotten two years of megaforce with just the Sager suits and still have ended with legendary battle right here but you know what you want to know why Wanna know why? Because the gokai are not in this footage at all. We have Super Megaforce Silver in, the, in that thumbnail, in that shot. But guess what? That's fucking American footage. And anything with gokai, that Gokai Silver suit is American footage. Meaning they could have like just done two years of just the Megaforce suits with no go hide your thing and just have done legendary battles still and it made no fucking sense why they went about it the way they did they went about it in such a nonsensical way that just i don't know man like even the cast recognizes how bad that is you know And, you know, the the cast has been catching strays for that fucking special for years. And it's, like, so unfortunate because it's, like, none of their fault. Absolutely It's never the actor's fault. It's always the, you know, the people in charge of creative decisions. And the reality was the EP we had at the time was just kind of a people pleaser when it came to, like, all the corporate stuff. And he kind of didn't really care how the show got there. Um... Yeah, man. And so it was just kind of like a disaster. Like, the original cut of Legendary Battle is literally missing an entire fight with the main bad guy of Super Mega Force. Like, you have to watch the extended cut to see the complete fight. It's. Because otherwise, the way the normal episode plays out. Emperor Mavro just dies on the ship when it explodes. Which, yeah, is fine. That's believable, I guess. But it just seems, like, very anticlimactic. I, I don't know, man. It's just so weird. This fucking special was just a production nightmare. They sent people invites for the thing with that uh, generic Dear Power Ranger letter Because Saban just does not respect his fucking employees. And goddamn, man, it was just such a mess. They invited people and then retracted the invitation. Like, oh, man, it was just such a mess. And then the people get to New Zealand, right? The people come back for these cameos or whatever. And then some of them don't even end up talking in the fucking special. Mike and Emily... The most recognizable rangers probably to the targeted demographic at the time are there in that special and they don't say a fucking word other than just standing there with their helmets off and they maybe get a shot of them putting their helmet up above their head, you know, before they put it back on to go into the fight. Like, what? <laughs> like, this whole special was so fucking bad it's not good it is not very good at all um. uh like we've gotten we've ended up getting cool ex a cool explanation for it um in terms of how the rangers got there you know with master green and all that but oh my god oh my god it is just not very good um that being said uh, it's still better than Clash of the Red Rangers? Question mark? We'll put it at the top of F tier. Okay, that's where it is. Legendary Battle. Ugh, God, could it could have been so much better. It could have been so much better, and it wasn't. And that was so disappointing. It's so disappointing because I didn't have any expectations for it. I didn't. I really didn't. I just wanted Power Rangers to just do their own fucking thing and not worry about what fucking Sentai is doing. You know? But, anyway. Okay, so moving along. Jesus Christ. (laughs) We got four more. And these should be, honestly, relatively easy to work through. Uh, Next up, we have Dimensions in Danger. Okay, so this was the 25th anniversary special. And this one was better. Okay, it was way it was a way better attempt at a crossover special than Legendary Battle. The unfortunate thing was this episode is only a half hour and I do not understand why it is a half hour. There was never even an extended cut of the episode made for Netflix or something like that. Just never. And I don't get it because they had uh is it ten I'm seeing yeah, they had ten previous Rangers come back for this, and the entire special really just kind of focuses on Tommy saving everyone. We get a cool prelude to the special because West, Gemma, and Coda show up for, like, an episode or two of Ninja Steel, but they show up as, like, cloaked figures. So, it's cool that they're, like, kind of worked in there, and it's kind of, like, a representative of each dimension and all that. But, like, everyone else that's there, it literally just could have been anyone. And that's so unfortunate, because there's so many cool names here. We got TJ, we got Trent, we got Antonio, like, we got a, a cool, we got a stacked roster here. We got Gia coming back from Megaforce. That was, that could have been really cool because a Megaforce Ranger could have had. Gia could have finally gotten something because she never got anything in her own fucking show. But, yeah, man, they just did not have enough time to do, you know, something cooler. I think they did okay with what they got and they really tried, you know, building... You know cool world Stuff you know Especially with like Tommy and the Mastermorpher. So like we got cool little bits of, Little tidbits of story And stuff and lore But A lot of the Rangers In this special are very Interchangeable and that's really Unfortunate because there are some big Heavy hitters right here That especially have a big connection To Tommy and they just Did not get to interact in the most meaningful of ways because the special was only confined to a half hour. I mean, the the fight of Tommy versus Robo Tommy is like that fight, there's an extended version of that fight that only exists on YouTube. Like that extended fight never even got edited into like, an, some kind of extended cut of this episode. Like, you know how weird that is? That's so fucking strange. Uh, according to Simon Bennett, there are just, like, a bunch of production stories of stuff that happened in regards to the special that we'll probably never see the light of day. But, so, I mean, that's fun, I guess. Um, but yeah, man, um... We got to see the Falcon Zord again, too. That was cool. Um, That that was, like, kind of a random but cool moment. It was heavily unexpected. But, you know, it was cool that it was there. I think, though... I think because of the lore stuff... The lore stuff is what drives this special for me. And just kind of... Especially like after JDF's passing, just kind of what it represents being the last thing JDF got to do for his character on screen. It's cool in that way, because we did get to get introduced to JJ, even though JJ's off camera or whatever, Um, you know. All the lore stuff in this special drives the special for me. And that's why I like it. So especially with like, you know, like the Master Morpher and all that stuff. So I'll put, I'm going to put it in B tier. Because I think the lore stuff, um, you know, pushes it really high for me. I'm going to put it at the top of B tier above Always a Chance. Hawk is here. Hi. I hope you're feeling better. or if, Or a little bit better at least um people talked about the end with the portals for e- yes they did dude um especially like the part at the end with like tommy and cat holding hands and people were like oh my god are they together are tommy and cat confirmed together it's like yeah man it's been confirmed that tommy and cat are gonna be together since Zio. Y- you know like there's just i i don't get people's obsession with needing that confirmed so badly like yes tommy and cat end up together okay they're married they have jj jj is their son okay and i need people in the writing room and the creative team for power rangers all across the board to just accept that's what it is that's tommy's end game okay you know like how peter parker always ends up with mary jane yeah in in the main you know timeline yeah that's the case with tommy he ends up with cat him and Kimberly, they have fun for a few years, but he ends up with Kat, okay? Because they just have more in common, okay? Except that. That's, it is what it is, okay? <laughs> okay, so moving along. Um, my feet are getting tangled in my headphones. That's fun, okay? Uh, <laughs> moving along, we have The Poisey Show, which I was hesitant to even include this, because I don't like it, okay? Uh, and I honestly don't remember it that much. Um, I, I remember it very briefly. I don't think it was very interesting. Poissandra is from a villain faction that I absolutely despise. And I do not like Poissandra even a little bit. So yeah so this this whole episode is just not for me amy not amy joe johnson's comic Ugh. we'll see how we'll see how that plays out that's gonna be that's certainly gonna be a time in it uh i i'm i'm intrigued with with her her um interpretation of how things went down i i am interested um she seems very excited about it so we'll see what she has to offer i don't know we've been surprised with people before so i'm trying to keep an open mind with that i should probably catch up on the regular ass comics first before i even think about talking about that um but yeah anyway the poise show um i don't think it's very good um i'm not a big ride or die for coda like a lot of people are i love the saraso brothers peter and yoshi are fantastic i love them i love that they got to live their dream and be blue rangers uh i just think the show didn't give either of them um good stuff to work with and i think they that's a damn shame because i love both of these actors so much um and what they do um But yeah, The Poisey Show just is not very good. Do I hate it more than Legendary Battle? No? Yes? I would probably watch Legendary Battle and Clash of the Red Rangers. And True Blue to the rest. Yeah. I would put it at the bottom of F tier. I would watch all three of those before I would watch The Poisey Show again. I don't think I've watched it since it came out in 2018. (laughs) I watched it once and I was done. Uh... (laughs) When Kimberly's not on the page, everyone should ask, where's Kimberly? (laughs) Kimberly's in Florida. Okay. If you're ever wondering where Kimberly is, she's in Florida. Okay, now we're down to the final two. Final two, man. Um, We have Finders Keepers, which was, I guess, our Beast Morphers Dino Charge team-up episode, for lack of a better word. And um, considering the batch of episodes that this one is a part of, this is probably the strongest in that batch. Um, You know, more cool lore stuff and see like this is my thing with like becca and alwyn writing stuff okay becca and alwyn when they do lore they do lore really well they do they do their due diligence they really try and research things as best as they possibly can and i have always very much appreciated it that about them and their writing style when they do try to do lore they do try not to half-ass it but there's just some stuff like i just don't end up vibing with that's just kind of how it ultimately plays out with like just about everything they've ever written for this show um but when it comes to lore stuff they are able to do like such cool stuff and so, integrating the Dino Charge Rangers as more of like a multi-dimensional team type of thing, super cool. Love that. Um, you know, especially the whole little dynamic with Grid Battle Force and all that. Um, the episode revolved around Keeper being an idiot, so that was unsurprising. Keeper's just being annoying, like he always is. Um, yeah, and it was it was a fun time. They weren't able to get all of the Dino Charge Rangers back, but for this episode, it didn't really matter. They just kind of filmed their own thing, did whatever the fuck they wanted, and that was cool. I love it when Power Rangers can do that, when they can just film their own shit and just be like, cool, we did that. That's a thing that we did that Sentai didn't do. Cool? Yeah. And then that's it. Uh, So we're going to put that... um, it probably tied in a little better than rangers of two worlds did in Zio, so we're gonna put it uh in c tier between wormhole and rangers of two worlds i like wormhole more just because it's dino thunder and spd sorry <laughs> it just sucks to suck um and lastly we have great connection which if you're new here and if you've never met me before hi i'm will nice to meet you first of all um I do not like Grid Connection at all in any capacity. I think this was the dumbest thing the show did. It made absolutely no sense. We took a bad movie from Sentai because when I watched this original movie of the of the Dino Team Up special with Carranger, Avaranger... Ranger And uh, whoever the Jew Ranger, uh, when I watched that, when I you know when Curieger was airing and all that fun stuff, I didn't think that movie was good then. And so we were already taking a bad movie in Sentai, and then trying to do a Power Rangers thing, where we couldn't even get back even half of the people in this picture like the group shot that that I have here not even half of them are are doing voice work what was the point then the episode has to have has, has to make devin look like a fucking idiot and be irresponsible and just kind of like act totally out of character in order to drive the plot of the episode forward And to make Keeper's premonition come true. And it's like totally whack. Uh, Jason coming back makes absolutely no sense. He just comes through a fucking portal. Along with the other Mighty Morphin Rangers. And then my biggest thing is the Dino Thunder Rangers being here. Why? Why are the Dino Thunder Rangers here? They have not contributed at all to anything that's been going on in the previous episodes leading up to this episode so why the fuck are they just popping out of a portal and why are they just here you know does not make any sense not to mention their voices don't even sound good because it's just a bunch of random fucking new zealanders doing the voices um yeah man this is just not very good um it's such a contrast to finders keepers because finders keepers is them integrating movie footage and then doing whatever the fuck they want to do and then this whole fucking episode is centered around five minutes of footage from a movie like just five minutes that's all it is and it's just like why did you do this it doesn't make any fucking sense it's so stupid uh toto says jason's appearance through the portal is why i was confused where coral harbor is in the multi yes yes that jason appearing through a portal didn't make any sense they could have just teleported him there that would have made a little bit more sense um but like it didn't make any sense why jason came through like one of those multi-dimensional portals that didn't make any fucking sense And it didn't make sense why the Morphin Grid had to make a brand new power coin for Jason. He could have just had his coin and it would have been fine. That's another kind of like nitpick I have with Becca and Alwyn. As much as I love that they do research on, you know, on lore bits and stuff like that, um, sometimes they like miss a detail or they feel like they have to explain something when really they don't. Because, like, Jason has been shown before this special to have his powers back. Because he's been back as Mighty Morphin Red um, in Legendary Battle. Because we're just assuming that's him. Because Zeo Blue was in the fight. So Rocky was busy, uh, you know, fighting in a different suit. And he also came back in Forever Red. So it's like, who else would have the coin? You know? Like, we didn't need it explained of Jason's powers getting restored because i think it's it's safe to assume especially at this point in power rangers like history like ranger teams are just kind of like helping each other out and restoring their powers if they lose them it's just kind of a thing that they're doing um they don't really need to like go off on quests looking for shit anymore they can kind of just here's some new powers we we made them baked them fresh this morning you know what I mean? So, yeah, I I, I don't know. It, it's yeah, grid connection is just uh, okay, it I went on that whole thing is like like you guys don't know where it's going. It's going all the way at the bottom of F tier. It's bad. It's bad. It's not very good. Uh Teto says Ranger Teams are like the Avengers or Justice League now. Yes, that is exactly that. Especially with after the 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 transportal devices got introduced in dimensions in danger and like a shatter grid and all that. Yeah. All these ranger teams fucking talk to each other. There's an entire fucking ranger database. Uh, like it might take them a minute, you know, to get in contact with other ranger teams because I don't think they just know each other immediately because the dino fury rangers didn't get the ranger database until they met Mick. So they have to like run into each other. But I guess if you're doing enough of the same niche thing for your job you're bound to run into other people doing it you know um but yeah man anyway that's Grid connection it's bad it's it's not very good the whole thing just makes me upset <laughs> it is not very good i i do not like Grid connection even a little bit um you know it doesn't help that i don't really like dino charge Really, I don't have the same attachment to Dino Charge as a lot of people do. Um, and it just really makes me upset with just how Dino Thunder was treated because Dino Thunder is one of my favorite seasons, and just to kind of see them get the shaft uh, so badly uh, in this special was just so cool. It was just so unfortunate. Especially because, like, some of them were willing to come back. Kevin Duhaney has said on multiple occasions, he's like, he w- I would have loved to come back if they would have just asked. Like, even if he... These voiceover things, like, I... People have been kind of talking about this uh, on Twitter the past couple days. Um, I think people severely, like, people behind the scenes of this show, severely underestimate the value of just getting a voiceover back for someone. I think if you did so many of these specials and for a lot of them just got the voice of the person back that would completely change the view people have on some of these specials because like dimensions and danger right let's say for example let's take dimensions and danger right let's take away 5 of the in-person cameos and replace those with just voiceover actors or with just like so just put them in put 5 of them just in suit only and then just give have them be dubbed over and then just do 5 you know you know actors coming back onto set First of all, you save money that way because you don't have to fly 10 people to New Zealand. And it it is unfortunate because like, not everyone coming back gets the same opportunity. But it's still cool and meaningful because you know that the person who wore that suit or who represents that character is there working on the thing. And that's... I think that's a big thing this production doesn't realize is, is you do not have to get the actors there all the time. You can just get their voice. You can just call them up and be like, hey, yo, can you go down to the studio on Tuesday and record record a bunch of lines? We want to put your character in this thing that we're doing. And And fans would be perfectly fine with that i would be perfectly fine with that if rangers just show up and they just have their normal fucking voice and not some random new-, new zealander trying to do an american accent um you know i think that would totally be fine and i think power rangers production really needs to get that through their head that that is a thing that they can do that not a lot of shows get to do <laughs> You know, like they kind of overthink the whole crossover aspect and think, oh, the people need to be there in suit. Is it cool to see everyone interact with each other on screen, you know, face to face, human to you know, actor to actor? Yes. But if it is not fiscally reasonable to do it, then you can do it in a, in a way you haven't out so you can do it in a way that most other shows don't get so anyway that's my whole little tangent on that um yeah just a lot of these specials just kind of make stuff more complicated than they need to be but i digress anyway that's the ranking those are the rankings right there guys um Let's let's go down the list. If if you're listening to this, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Uh, So starting in an S tier, right up at the top, the best of the best, we have Thunderstorm. Uh, Second place, we have Reinforcements from the Future. Third place, we have To the Tenth Power and the Power of Pink. And then in fourth place, we have Once a Ranger. And then in A tier, we have History. Forever Red, and A Friend in Need. And in B tier, we have Dimensions in Danger, and then we have Always a Chance. Sorry, that was like a burp that I hissed at you with. Uh, and then we have C tier, where we have Wormhole, Finder's Keepers, Rangers of Two Worlds, and Shellshocked. And then in D tier, we have Trachina's Revenge and Time for Lightspeed. And then F tier, unfortunately, has the most entries Uh, (laughs) um, by one. And one of those is kind of questionable anyway. Uh, So you have Legendary Battle, Clash of the Red Rangers, True Blue to the Rescue, The Poisy Show, and then Grid Connection. All the way at the bottom. Now, I am going to go on Twitter and see if anybody did homework. No, no one did, so. Cool. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, the the tier maker thing is still out there, obviously, so if you want to tag me in your own after the show or if you're catching the archive of this on uh YouTube or Spotify or any of those places uh yeah feel free to tag me in those uh I wouldn't mind seeing your guys's rankings of where everything is uh but yeah man I think we're going to call it quits here for tonight uh, cuz it is has almost been 2 hours that I've been talking straight and I really need to get a drink of water because I you know, I really need to start remembering to grab a water before I hop on a stream to talk. It's probably a good idea. But anyway, man. Um, uh, thanks to everyone who uh, for tuning in tonight. And thanks to everyone who entered the giveaway. Uh, Billy, I will be DMing you in a bit to let you know that you won. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in tonight uh i do not know what we are talking about next week i think we're kind of gonna step away from ranger stuff for a bit uh you know i just kind of wanted to do more ranger centric stuff uh for power month you know just to kind of celebrate it and uh tier list seem like a great way to do that so i hope you guys have enjoyed this sort of mini-series for the podcast next week um, Yeah, we'll be back with uh, a little bit more uh, normal quote-unquote programming, whatever that means I, mean, I can't even call it normal I don't know what normal is for this show yet but yeah man, I hope you all enjoyed tonight and um, yeah, see you next week for another Friday Night Chill